The wait is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount+. Plus. What brings you to the Shy? Opportunity. Everybody get down! Walk right up to the side. A new rain is coming to the south side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes now streaming. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with the Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. The subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply. It's an instant reaction podcast, and we're here on the bench. I got Chris Nee and Brandon Snone, also Zach Boston. He'll join us later. With our powers combined, we are the experts at Knowles 24-7, and we are here reacting to Mike Norvell's first big signature win in his tenure at FSU. The Seminoles rallied to upset the Miami Hurricanes 31-28. to um, The game is just ending. Our guys are... are Coming out of Doke as we speak. The Mike Norvell presser is over. Uh, 31-28, it wasn't easy. <laughs> there were some bumps along the way, especially in that third quarter. But in the end, Mike Norvell stuffs Manny Diaz in a locker to get his first rivalry win. Woo, UF looming in two weeks. Go for two. But before we get there, I got my guys here. Chris, how you doing? Good, Josh. I like that you're shortchanging Norvell to UNC wins. <laughs> Brendan, you all right? Great. Nailed it. Oh, yeah? How'd you nail it? Told you guys, this team's getting better. No one wants to listen to me or my metrics or my big giant brain. They just want to go, what about wins and losses? Well, now you got to win something that hasn't been done at this program since 2016 when FSU was trotting out Demarcus Walker, Dalvin Cook. FSU beat Miami. Okay. Okay. Calm down. Let me go to you, Chris. This was an unbelievable start by Florida State. First of all, we're not used to things like this. The Knolls jump out. They score some points. Um, walk me through this game. What was your takeaways? I mean, first half of Marion Cooper goes and makes a play. Jamie Robinson makes a play that so felt like an FSU Miami kind of play where the ball just, you know, kind of ends up on a body and you get the interception. You know, Jordan Travis punches it in. Jay Sean Cor- Corbin punches it in with a 12-yard run after Jermaine Johnson creates a turnover. We're feeling really good about ourselves. You know, 17-0 and 20-7 to half. Wait, who, who was out. feeling really good about themselves? Well, people I were feeling good when they were up, they were up 17-0. Everyone was feeling good. Oh, I was still nervous as hell, but okay. <laughs> oh, I was too, but you were feeling good. It was a good nervous. <laughs> I get. You know, I mean, yeah. That, that nervous sure. had to feel better, Josh, than it did when Miami rattled off three straight touchdowns. Like that was a bad nervous you were feeling. Come on. Yeah, that was but, a real bad nervous. Or, uh, to bring out an oldie but goodie, FSU was checking the boxes there. They they created yes. turnovers. They yes. were pressuring Tyler Van Dyke. They ran the ball successfully. They picked their plays passing wise, but they hit on some of them. Trayshawn Ward's pitch counted as a pass, at least or originally it did. I don't know if it definitely did in the final stats. But it counted as a pass. So they, they were doing a little bit of everything. Now, should they maybe have had more points at that stretch? It kind of felt that way because it did seem like they dominated the action to some degree. But yes. beggars can't be choosers here. Um, so, yeah, I felt really good at halftime. I mean, I, I wasn't quite writing the game story yet because I know how rivalry games love to turn out. And, boy, did this one live up to that. Brendan? I, I love a good Chris panic game story. Um. Uh, <laughs> I am on board with Chris, and I know where you're coming from, Josh. Like FSU goes up 17 nothing, and somehow, despite you know, rattling off 17 unanswered points to open the game, it did feel a little insufficient given the way your defense was playing. Because 
the first five drives are either ending in three and outs, which are basically considered turnovers or straight up turnovers. And yeah. you're, you're and not able. Go ahead. We, 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 I think we all talked about this. I know I did on Bill King. I wasn't able to get on that last pod. It wasn't feeling well, but the thought amongst us at Knowles 24 seven was that this team needed to score 30. And when they oh, yeah. went into the half at 20, I knew no matter what, the game wasn't over. Like, I knew they needed to score more points. And when the third quarter ended and they weren't scoring those points, you wondered if they were going to score another point. But I knew 30 would be key. Yeah, Chris said that. Yes. Uh, Chris said that. Looked at me at some point in the third quarter. It was like, and they'd have to get to 30. And it felt like it became a struggle for them. Um, and that's where I give this team a lot of credit. The coaching staff, a lot of credit. Like, it's still imperfect. Like, I, I Miami – Clearly, you see, like, like a player, too, that Charleston Rambo makes. So it's like they just don't have that on offense. If Florida State doesn't have that level of dynamicism. And mm-hmm. it, yet they find ways. Uh, it's a gritty team. And that's, like, I, I think part of the frustration I've had the last couple of weeks when, when people are getting on this, this team and not supporting it in the way that I think it's warranted. They play really hard. And they're a likable team. It's a team that plays a ton of effort. Like, I love watching Jermaine Johnson. Likable. I mean, likable after they win. No, even when they lose, they play hard. They do play hard consistently. There's I, moments I during the game where this team was not very likable. I mean, even though, even though I like them, I liked they're everyone not. except for Andrew Parchment. There was that moment when Andrew <laughs> didn't run that play. I was not liking Andrew Parchment very much. But hey, redemption is a beautiful thing, and our team went out there and converted a fourth and fourteen. Now we're going to be talking about for a hell of a long time around these parts. It is, and tell me you didn't think uh, Jarvis Brownlee was going to pick off the last ball of the game just so it could completely come full circle that would have been great actually no i I know jarvis got picked on after he came back from the injury on that one play i thought jarvis played his backside off i thought he played really hard on the night uh you know i i thought the effort was outstanding from fsu i thought miami did a very good job countering fsu in the third quarter they they bottled up jordan travis to some degree they just made it difficult for fsu offensively on defense, FSU obviously faltered to some degree. Miami put together three successive drives of good length, including one that went full length of the field and not one that went out of 75 or 80. Um, put those three touchdowns up in a row. But to Sinone's point, I think, you know, Mike Norvell preaches belief, and we all know coaches say things over and over because they want people to believe them. But Mike Norvell preaches belief in his team, and kicking that field goal, I believe, was the right decision, even though I didn't love it. Um, because I didn't believe FSU would then go out there and get that stop when it was 28-22 and they had to get it Talk back. Talk into your mic, Chris. Yeah, Chris. Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm driving, gentlemen. I know. Um, we need you to talk into the mic. Stuff. I'm driving, too. Am I having any issues with my mic? No. Okay. We're all pros <laughs> here. Let's go. I, I did not think FSU would get that stop at 28-23, but kicking the field goal I thought was the right decision nonetheless. But then they go and get it. And, uh, you know, if your coach keeps preaching to you, I believe in you, and you've given up three straight touchdowns and suddenly go out there and get the stop. Yeah. They play for this coaching Yeah. It's great to see a moment like that transpire. And then you get big plays. You know, Ja'Kai Douglas, a guy who's not often used and kind of to some degree has been back and forth on what role he's going to be on this team, whether it's running back or wide receiver. He goes and catches a 59-yard pass to set up a red zone opportunity. And FSU, when they get in the red zone, they get points. So, it was enjoyable to watch. I love a good rivalry game. I'm happy as hell that FSU won. You know, learn from the mistakes and keep growing and try to become bowl eligible here over the next two weeks. Oh, my God. We're talking about bowl eligibility in November, guys. Get out of town. <laughs> Who would have thought we'd be here? 
All right. Well, we're going to dive more into the specifics of the game, and we're still going to talk a little bit about the game, but I know there's a lot of people on here that want to know about recruiting, and it was a huge recruiting weekend. We got Zach Blostein here. Uh, there was nine official visitors. There was seven heading into today, and then about two hours before the game on Knowles 24-7, there was some breaking news that there was two additional visitors, and those were both transfers. Um, we're going to talk about those, but there was nine in total official visitors and, <clears throat> I don't know, 30 to 50 unofficial visitors that we care about. Um, Zach, you've been talking to some recruits in the moments after the game. What are you hearing? Yeah, I mean, um, I'm literally updating this recruit reaction post on those 24-7 as, you know, as the other – all of you guys have been speaking. Um We've gotten some great reactions so far. Shamar James, big time linebacker, um, just gave me his reaction. Former Talk UF commitment. Former what did he say? Um, he said, "Absolutely amazing. Love the game day atmosphere." Ooh. So yeah. he was in town. Um, Marvin Jones Jr. is <laughs> in town. Did Nigel Lee Kelly ever make it? Do we know? I did, I did not spot him, but I was. Yeah, I didn't see him either. Guys were um, like arriving kind of late. Yeah. Uh, the game um there was a lot of different like sections where you could you know, see the recruits but um i wasn't on the field so i, I didn't know if he actually made it i'll, I'll check around though tonight but travis that- hunter did make it to the yeah. game um travis hunter sitting up in the stands with aj duffy we have some video on Knowles 24 7 right now uh taken by aj duffy in the recruit section and those guys going crazy doing the chop having a great time um, go check that out on the front page of Knowles 24-7. But if there were people that were still questioning Travis Hunter, he showed up today. Um, Zach, what does that signify, having Travis Hunter at the game about four weeks before signing day? I mean, it's huge, and especially they come out with the win. Travis Hunter's going into the FSU locker room with all the players and the recruits, celebrating, getting all the guys excited about the win. Um, I mean, he posted that Instagram live video. It's in it's in our recruit reaction thread. You guys can go and check that out. It's a pretty awesome video. He's he's in there when you know Norvell's in there and and the entire team's celebrating. They break the rock and uh, it was pretty cool. And I, I actually saw an, another angle of it on Marvin Jones Jr.'s Instagram story where uh, you can see the, uh, the the players breaking the rock as well. Awesome, guys. Uh-huh. I, I need an update here. I'm below to a four point three on my concern level one i forgot about that thing all right pit wide receiver commit camden brown he's in on an official visit he's from st thomas aquinas fsu trying to keep him in state quote it was a great game but i feel like the game should have been close at all but great way to finish um omar graham jr florida state linebacker commitment from stranahan high school i'm so happy we won the defense played great too the game was stressful though Omar, you are not the only one that was stressed. Uh, Sam McCall chimed in from Twitter saying it was a great win. Makari Vickers was on hand. We're going to have a lot more. What time tomorrow are we expecting these official visitors to leave, Zach? Um, it's going to vary. I've seen some of the guys um, have told me they're going to leave around noonish, and then some guys later in the afternoon. So it just depends on when they got here. Because like a guy like Camden Brown, his visit is not actually as long as some of the other guys because he – played in a playoff game on Friday night and had to fly into Tallahassee um, Saturday morning. Right. Whereas a guy like um, DeCarlos Nicholson got in 3 p.m. Friday um, and is staying until, what, 3 p.m. on, on Sunday. So, right. um, so it, it depends. But, yeah, it'll be 
kind of through the morning and then in the early afternoon is when we'll probably get most of the visits. All right. So you guys tomorrow can expect updates on these nine official visitors. Four-star defensive end Marvin Jones Jr. Four-star running back Javante Barnes is on campus. He's in from Las Vegas. Uh, Camden Brown, who we just spoke about. Four, three-star cornerback DeCarlos Nicholson. He's a real intriguing prospect. He's committed to Kentucky currently, but he's a six foot three, 200-pound cornerback. Um, the number one ranked Juco corner in the nation. Katron Allen was in attendance as an official visitor. Katron Allen's at IMG Academy, currently committed to Penn State. Keonta Goodwin, a five-star offensive tackle. He goes six foot seven, 300 pounds from Indiana. He was in town. He's currently committed oh to Kentucky. Can I, can I give that. you my analysis on him real quick? Hmm. I thought he was a like recently retired, like 40-year-old NFL offensive lineman or defensive lineman. He is huge. Well, That's my nice analysis. if they can flip him. And then the ninth visitor is Kamari Wilson. He is a five-star safety from IMG Academy. Um, big list of visitors. Zach, you got a lot of work to do this weekend. You ready to catch up with some of these guys? Yeah, I'm excited. It's been fun. Um, it, a cool story. Like I was, I went to like a restaurant to go set up um, and get like these reactions into that story. And O-line commit Quayshon Sapp FaceTimes me and he's doing the freaking tomahawk chop on the phone. <laughs> um, I'm in the middle of the restaurant. He's like screaming. So it was pretty cool. Yeah, um, these guys are, these guys are having fun with it. That's for sure. For sure. And I, I think, guess, uh, what'd you say, Chris? I was going to say, you think Marvin Jones Jr. enjoyed watching Jermaine Johnson act like a grown-ass man out there and just oh, dominate? Man. What were his final stats? Five tackles for loss, three sacks. I think he had seven tackles overall, second on the team. He also had that forced fumble on Van Dyke that turned into points. He had the big Jermaine hit Johnson. on Mallory to stop him from getting that first down that they when they punted. Yeah, he had some big plays. Could they have had a better, a better showing for, for Marvin Jones Jr., specifically for his recruitment? You know, they come out with the win, and then they also show production at his specific position. I mean, that, that, yeah, it's just wow. Jermaine's just, Jermaine's unbelievable to watch. Like, that, that's, you know, when you dip in the portal, you're trying to get guys that, that's the epitome of what you're going for. I mean, you, you get, you don't get that lucky often. I don't think many schools in the country have gotten that lucky. That kid is, he's all heart. He's a pro every day of the week, and holy hell, does he show up on Saturdays. All right, let's get. FSU had had three sacks total from his defensive events last year. Jermaine Johnson had three tonight. Wow, <laughs> that's telling. Um, let's get back into this game a little bit before we uh, before we part for the night. Um, Brendan, we talked about this team growing up, and one of the things that um, this team needs to do is learn how to win. We've been talking about that really since the summer. And when this team was down in the fourth quarter, not able to score a point in the second half, I thought, man, this team still doesn't know how to win. But did we watch them grow up just a little bit today in learning how to win? Perhaps. Maybe we have to see how it carries over. I had a very similar thought process as you, Josh. Like when they when they were going 0-4 in that third quarter and you could feel it unraveling, the momentum was shifting and they weren't handling that momentum swing well. Like it was lasting longer than anyone would have liked it to be given the lead and the cushion you built yourself. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking to myself, like, I don't know what I'm going to write about this damn game. It's like, it's just groundhog day. Like eventually you're going to have to, like I, I've been as adamant as anyone to say, like, I think they're getting better. There is evidence all across the board that they are getting better and moving in a direction that I think is positive. It's a team that plays hard for their coach. Like I said earlier, it's a likable team based on their effort. 
even with limitations. But like eventually, like you build a 17 point lead against a, a quality team, against a decent team, finish it, finish it. And they did. It wasn't, you know, and I think maybe that's what you take away is like, they did. You take that away they did. that they did because yep. so many times they have not. And you can be yep. mad at this team for not having, well, I should say this. You could be upset during this game because the team didn't look like they were going to finish. Mm-hmm. The next step, though, is taking it beyond that and them learning how to be killers. Because when yep. they were up by, what was it, uh, 20 to 7, you know, and they have the ball – that. You could kill them. You could go in and step on their throats. Florida State's not there yet. It, it just reminds us that there's still a way to go. But we did watch them accomplish something today, and that's that's how to come back and win a ball game. And uh, yep, how to how to overcome some emotional lows. Because um, we knew that like this was a tough team. Like we learned that all, all season, pretty much. Like that they they take punches, they absorb it well. Um, but they they were in the rare position, Josh, of delivering that first punch. And that hasn't happened a ton. Correct. Yeah. And there's been times against Miami in recent years too, where they, you know, they were up 20 points against Miami back in 2018. And they let, they squander that. And there was time, there was times when like, I forgot about that. I had flashbacks because that started to unravel. I remember correctly with the Deandre Francois sack that he took and fumbled it and Miami recovered it. and, And when they were backed up, Florida State was like at its own two or something like that. And there was an instance here where Florida State was backed up uh, at its own two or one yard line, and they were able to get it out to midfield. I can't recall, Chris, if that was when they punted and people weren't happy or when they kicked the field goal um, and missed it. But regardless, they got out of there. And to me, like that's growth. That is you're cutting down on some of the catastrophic errors. And that is like being better coached. That is being – able to handle the moment a little bit better. The next right. step, like you said, Josh, is killing it, going and actually scoring and completing a 99-yard drive. That's what good teams do. They're not a good team, but they're moving in that direction. Yeah. Yeah. They're, um, they're, go they're ahead, learning Chris. how to win. We saw with Syracuse, they, they learned to persevere and win, and they did so. The key for them going forward, and I'm not talking the next two weeks, I'm talking the next two years, mm-hmm. is when they have an opportunity like tonight where they are in control of a game, is one, maximize your point outage, you know, what you're producing point-wise with what you're doing, complement yourself if your defense is getting it done, get the offense to get it done. And the other thing is, you know, they had an opportunity there to probably put that game away if they scored to end the half, which they did, and then to open the second half because they're getting the ball. And really good teams do that, and they – don't do that because they're not there yet. That's one of, of those things they got to grow into. But there are noticeable signs of growth. The concern is how do you replace guys who are departing from here? That's the key. But we all know they got to recruit at a high level. And tonight goes a long way to kind of setting that tone, continuing that. They bet heavy on themselves with the Notre Dame weekend and this weekend recruiting-wise. And, yes, they went one-on-one in those games. But I don't think they did any harm to themselves in the recruiting department with either of those weekends. Yeah, I, I saw people on Twitter that were upset that FSU wasn't going in for the kill. And it's like, let's just see if they can get the win before the kill. It's, it's un- <laughs> <laughs> uh, tw- Twitter is a lunatic fringe. And I'm part yeah. of it. You got to be really committed to be that. Yeah. But we did see something happen today that we haven't seen. And that's 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 a good quality win for Florida State. Um, we're going to cover recruiting all night. Zach, any parting shots before we get out of here? Yeah, man, I I just want to piggyback off what Chris said about 
the two big weekends that the four state staff has, have hosted this weekend or this season mm-hmm. recruiting. Um, I just think it's, it's so impressive that Mike Norvell has the confidence um, in, in this team to, you know, produce well um, on, on these weekends. Cause like Miami obviously was rolling the past couple of weeks, you know, to beat two ranked teams before coming to Tallahassee, one on the road. And it just shows that he has confidence in his team when he's bringing in nine official visitors with some guys that he's been recruiting for over a year um, since he's got, since he got to Florida state. And then, you know, however many unofficial visitors, it's just, you know, the, the, it, just like the Notre Dame game, like even with the loss, like it's just such a, a benefit to, to recruiting. When yeah, but this was even bigger because it shows proof of concept. Yeah. And when you can go out like in, in the Notre Dame one, you're right. It definitely didn't hurt FSU. And that's rare for, for a win um, to have a big weekend like that. And for it to be a positive, it kind of gave them a taste of what this program could be. And some of those guys were at that game. So it's going to be a really big boost for eight games later for them to see such improvement that they can get over the hill and win a game like that. It's going to go a long way. This one um, will be felt throughout the offseason, I think. Um, It's the recruiting momentum that FSU needed, even if they don't win the game against UF at the end of the year. Beating Miami, uh, overcoming the four-game win streak that the Canes had on them, it's going to be used throughout the entire offseason. This was a big win for Mike Norvell. It was a big win for Florida State. It was a big win for the fans. Um, Chris, any any parting shots before we get out of here? Do we think this got Manny Diaz fired? He is. I don't know. Um, what, I, don't, I don't think so. Why not? I don't think they're prepared. I mean, who are they going to hire, first of all? I mean, I, I think the, the dream scenario, tell, tell Willie hi for all of us, um, is uh, – that, That's not that's not my – he's better behaved. You know, it's not the bark. I'm sorry. I thought that was Willie. How dare um, you? I think Mario Cristobal is obviously who they would love to hire. Now, can they? I don't know. That's an interesting thing to discuss. But he is an alum. It is home for him. Um, no, they can't. Yeah, Not if they have that AD. They're going to have to fire their AD. They're going to have to make wholesale changes to get And Josh, I just asked if they were firing their coach. You're now firing the whole goddamn athletic department. <laughs> <laughs> hey, speaking of, you know, UF lost today as well. Speaking of coaches getting fired, I think Dan Mullen has a better chance to get fired right now. Than oh, me. they they won, didn't they? Oh, yeah, it they did win. win. It, felt it, like it, sure. it felt like a loss. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was like the it was like the uh, 2018 game FSU or the 29. What, what game? I can't remember. It was the one where they barely sweep by it. The Levante Taylor Stanford game with Willie as head coach. Oh, that one. No, the, 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 the Louisiana Lafayette one the next year. Uh, Louisiana <laughs> I kept, Monroe. Monroe, that was it. And I kept thinking that was a loss all season. Like when I would write about the team, I kept thinking it was a loss. So it was the rare win that feels like a loss. Uh, just before the podcast started, Andy Staples sent Andy Staples with the Athletics sent me a text and it said FSU and Florida have completely opposite trajectories. It's wild. Yeah, and to think that it could happen in eight games, and it, that's, ha- it, that's like FSU still has that Jacksonville State stink on it. Like if that didn't happen, you're one win away from six. Um, and you know UF lucks out today and holds on. And get some breaks to not have that just catastrophic loss. But it doesn't even I feel like, like Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I watched it and I knew that they won, but it just felt like a loss. That's when you talk about trajectory and long term. Like if, if people who are actually sitting and paying attention to like what 
recruits are saying, how teams are performing, like there's trends to these things. And, you know, it's really important for FSU to have, like you said earlier, Josh, proof of concept. Like it has to start manifesting in some wins. Mm -hmm. Um, And this was a big step. You finish with four now, like at the very least. Okay, you have four. All right, you avoided two two or three win season. You're at four. You got to win over a rival. It's something that hasn't happened here in a long time. Feels good. Um, Yeah, it would be something – most importantly, it gives them something to hold on to in the offseason. They've been yeah. somehow, some way they came up with momentum in each of the last two off seasons. I mean, yeah, one was the Mike Norvell hire year and you're going to have momentum in that year. But like last year, the ability for that staff, for this staff to create, you know, whatever you want to call it, fake or not fake momentum, just to, just to create it from nothing was unbelievable. And now you have a staple win. And you can take that into the offseason, especially when you're down in Dade and Broward County and, you know, recruiting the dogs down there. So do you think Manny was asked about whether this game is going to lead to fake or real momentum on the recruiting trail? I said, I, I hope he stopped at the Bakesdale and, and grabbed a couple Danishes on the way out of town. <laughs> There's plenty left over. <laughs> All right. For Brendan Sinone, for Chris Nee, for Zach Blasting, I am Josh Newberg. We're sitting on the bench all night. We're going to party. We'll see you guys on Monday.